Hey now, hey now, hey now, hey now, hey now. Hey, boys and girls, welcome to another Sunday night here with the Pucknologist on Teal Town, USA. We welcome you back to the unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, and commercial-free Sharks podcast. This time around, we got three games for you. Last I looked, didn't do very well on any of them, but it happens. Everybody throws up a stinker. Sometimes you throw up multiples, and this week was pretty rank. But before we get to that... Remember, subscribe to us on the fall. Oh, oh, oh my God, all that social media, it's too much. Just pick one and make that your favorite. And it's, it's like your kids. Pick your favorite and just move on. If you want to support the show, you can do it live using the Super Chat option or throw something in the Venmo tip jar at Teal Town USA. Before we go any further, though, I wanted to do this at the top of the show. Shout out, stick taps to my buddies over at Pure Hockey in San Jose. If you're looking for skates, hockey equipment, whatever, check them out. Good peeps over there. Ask for Josh. Dude hooked me up this last week. Did me a solid, and I appreciate it. Hockey people are cool people. So, end of the weekend. Jerkman, uh, how was your week? You know what? Um, I'm to the point where I don't care what happens to the Sharks. So, you know what? Uh, The game made it from start to finish, and nobody got hurt. Ah, well, it's probably because they weren't playing Arizona. At least not wearing Anaheim Ducks jerseys and playing Arizona. But we'll get to that. Three games this week. Sharks go over. Now, your boy up in here, AJ, if you've been playing the prediction game, uh, this week I had them down to win three in a row. So not so good for me this week. (laughs) I don't know where the... This is what happens when you make picks at the end of July, people. So through 68, they got 67 points. So they were doing a point per game for a while. That's kind of dropped off through this many 67 points. I had them at 70. So, I mean, you know, don't call me a pessimist. I I thought there would be three points better. So what do we take away from this week's games? Again, Arizona, Colorado, Dallas, Uh, EK65. He's a turnover machine and got called out for it this week by more than one person. Uh, Kakinen. Is he as good as Hill? The same? Remains to be seen? Small sample size? Uh, and if you take a shot every time Hedekin says opportunity during the broadcast, you'll be shit-faced by second intermission. I guarantee it. I'm sure I'm sure there's a lot of burgeoning uh, alcoholics who would love an opportunity to play your game. <laughs> They'd like an opportunity for that opportunity? Is what you're mm-hmm. saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. Nice. All right. Uh, so, Sharks, Arizona. It's a 5-2 loss. Uh, Reimer gets a start. Kakinen backs it up. What happens? Nothing. I mean, they outshot They outshot the Coyotes. Had plenty of chances. They hit the post like 13 times. Credit uh, Veggie there for uh, backstop in Arizona. I mean, the, the Sharks could have gotten a lot more calls. Uh, also, part of the Hedekin drinking game. If you hear him complain about officiating, take a shot. Um, Keller, though is the story of this one. I mean, he goes awkwardly into the boards, goes off on a stretcher. How long did they say? Like he, he like four to six months, right? Yeah, he's done for the regular season. So we'll... Because <laughs> well, you know, Arizona's Coyotes never said the him. words postseason, but yeah. Right, but, you know, they're, you know, 
we'll see him next year. You know, like it's to that point. I hope so. I hope that all works out. Because, I mean, literally one of the the single shining stars for Arizona, you know. Hate to see yeah. that happen to a guy like him. Uh, and, and what appears to be, you know, like cool, cool dude. Oh, yeah. I mean, he took a while to took a while to like live up to his draft position clout. But pretty much since since the bubble two years ago, he's been Arizona's best player. Like and it's not even close. Yeah. So uh, the Sharks lose their final game in Glendale. Boo hoo. Huh. <laughs> yes, I, I, I loved I, I loved, you know, the broadcast talking about how much they were going to miss the opportunity to go to, you know, a BJ's brewery or, you know, maybe, a, a, you know, a Wetzel's pretzel at the mall there, you know, as if those are the only locations in the entire world. Fucking A. <laughs> we're going to miss the mall here. OK, well, you know, lucky for you, there's a lot more malls elsewhere. Well, and I forget what they what do they call it like downtown West or something. Yeah, and you know what I I'll say that area of Glendale it's really cool. Last summer, you know, last summer we stayed right nearby there, and it, it's an awesome spot. But you know, if I never had the opportunity to go there again, I don't know that I would be too upset because you could just pick a different <laughs> commercial zone Property, to, yeah. to 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 go. You know, help turn the key. You know, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Uh, unique first NHL player in history to score the, his first four versus the Sharks. Is he the new Kessel? I mean, we remember uh, Kessel just being an absolute shark killer during the bubble. Didn't he have like 10 goals in eight games versus the Sharks? No, not the bubble. That was last year. But yeah, he only scored against the Sharks, it seemed. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Ooh, and you know what? Uh... I think that was good. Uh, it's good to see the Sharks lose because they got William Eklund out of it. <laughs> I know. We're uh, all about silver linings on here. Yeah, that's you know, what we're looking for. Cl clearly that's what sells in this neck of the woods, so you know that's <laughs> what we're going with. And you know, next segment we're going to put a piece of paper over things we don't like. Sure. Well, absolutely. Uh Bugner called out Eric Carlson saying he wants to see less turnovers from him. Mm -hmm. Hedekin in between saying the words opportunity also <laughs> calling out EK65 for all the turnovers. Can I really quick? I have mm -hmm. two things to say. Oh, we so, it out. Uh, I'm going to save what I have to say about Carlson to the end of talking about the games. Coward. <laughs> well, no, because it's gonna it's gonna seriously contrast with with what you're trying to say. Um, what am but, I trying to say? I'm just saying what happened. <laughs> no, I know. Um, <laughs> but I think you know. I think if we're if we're hanging our hat on what Brett Hedekin has to say about the situation, whether or not it's true, that's one thing. But I don't know. Like, that's not a guy that I'm, you know, buying tickets to go listen to. Yeah, but when your coach calls you out. Oh, yeah. Coach, different story. But like some random media member, like, who cares? You know, <laughs> like, it, like, is anybody going to go tell their friends what you said about God knows what? I don't think so. I don't know. We've seen the Sharks <laughs> make changes after we've mentioned it here. It's <laughs> a fair point. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, when Coach is calling out EK65 for the turnovers, it just makes me giggle a little bit because I've been talking about that for a while, and people called me, oh, you're just a hater. Well, now the, now the coach is calling him out for the same shit, so okay. Right. I was just to the party earlier, fine, whatever. <laughs> well, that, that that's, that's the thing. You know, if you're, you know, you – 
if you call someone out, and when I say you, I mean you specifically. If you call somebody out, oh AJ, you're such a hater. You're this. You're that. And if I'm you, used to it, it's fine. And if you're first to the party on something, like you know, if if three years ago you're really hyped about something that happened today. And you're like, hey, you know, who knew first? Everybody's like, oh, AJ, oh, okay, you know, broken clock is right twice a day, whatever. Sure. But you know, if 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 I I don't I don't want to name drop because I don't want to carve anybody out there. But you know, certain individuals, you know, if they if they were in the same boat, oh man, what foresight you had, you know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> it's like, come on, people. Oh boy, boy, I oh, think. Boy, oh, boy. I'll be honest with you, there's a lot to forget about this Arizona game, and I say that because I actually didn't realize, or remember, I should say, that the Coyotes had five goals. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the thing, it, it's just consistently the Sharks are, and poor James Reimer, like, I, part of me wonders if that guy wishes he was going to get traded on the deadline, because, like, as far, like, if you were to create a graph that compares, like, how hard your goalie works and how much help they get. Like James Reimer is <laughs> not like, much of a Venn diagram he's there. <laughs> in a, he's in a class of his own, you yeah, know, not much of a Venn diagram. Uh, every defenseman was minus in this game. <sighs> what a shock. Yeah. Uh, coming in from the chat, Scott D. I think as soon as Carlson came back, the Sharks started winning again. That said, are we really paying him 11.5 million a year for him? Uh, yes, we are paying that. Uh, and it's when been the Carl's, same way the last four years, but go ahead. Yeah. Uh, when Carlson returned, um, yeah, the Sharks did start winning. But, uh, I mean, let's – low bar, my friend. So what you're telling me, AJ, <laughs> is, is – Eric Carlson is better than, what, Magna? I mean, well, <laughs> no. What you're telling me is that a player has more of an impact on a game, positive or negatively, when they play in that game. It's – as opposed I know to it's, not playing. I, it, is it Eric Carlson's fault that the Sharks it, lost while he was injured? Yeah. I mean, it's an <laughs> unorthodox viewpoint, but I think valid nonetheless. You know, if, if Eric Carlson had any heart, uh, you know, he would have played in a sling, you know, with his arm in a sling. Oh, sure. He would have yeah. just lent his, you know, physical attributes to somebody else. Yeah. Uh, Taco Cruiser, EK65 still better than Burns. Not this 100%. week, pal. Not this uh, well, week. Well, <laughs> it depends on the metric you're looking at. Uh, goals. <laughs> Yeah, gold. No, not getting called week. out by your coach. Yeah, but I, you know what though? I think I think if you just if you very generally apply that comment, I think it's true. If you just speak very general, I think it's true. If you're talking goals, like you said, bit tougher. You know, Burns obviously three games, three goals. But I still think ultimately, like after it's all said and done, I think Carlson is better than Burns, and you know, Burns is especially the um against Dallas and you know who knows but it's like I I've always had the mindset of you to know be fair Burns probably wants to play for Dallas so. well yeah no kidding I mean I've always had the mindset of like yeah you can be buddies with guys on the other team and you can oh yeah you know our wives are friends and whatever <laughs> but if they're on if they're putting on a different jersey for two and a half hours they're not your friend yeah and I saw at least twice last night where any other situation, any other player, you know, who any other Sharks player that saw a Dallas player coming down the ice with the puck probably would have at least put a body on him, run him over. I saw <laughs> Pavelski got back rubs, did he? Well, that's what I'm saying. I saw two chances during this game where the smart play for Burns would have been to run Pavelski into the wall, and he didn't. 
And like I understand Pavelski's your buddy, but it's like you're wearing different jerseys and you're playing in a professional sports league. Like you're not buddies right now. Oh, but and and, and so I, I maybe that makes me sound like some you know knuckle dragging caveman, but it's like I really wanted to see oh, someone. Oh, sir, I would never equate you to Tyson Nash, but go ahead. Right, but like I really wanted to see someone run Pavelski over last night because I'm so tired of the love. <laughs> oh, that fest. makes you a hater, dude. Yeah, don't oh, you yeah. know? You know, yeah. As it for, forget about the fact that Pavelski was my you know self-chosen favorite player since his overtime goal against Dallas in 2008. Forget about that. Let's just talk <laughs> about right here, right now. I was I wasn't happy that he returned to the tank for the third time since he left. <laughs> like Christ Almighty, like it, people. Like we've we've seen this movie before. You were surprised that there wasn't a parade from the hotel to the barn. I'm honestly surprised. I thought for sure, yeah. And Brett Hedekin would have been at the front of the line with his baton, twirling it around. Oh, dude! Like whistle full blast. It's and again, I know people are gonna come at me because they already have. People are gonna come at me and say, "Oh, you know, I too hate fun," and I get it. <laughs> I, you know, I sound like some whiny bitch right now, but like, welcome to my world. Whenever I mention Carlson. But it, it it's what I and you agreed as much as you love to drool all over Pavelski, you agreed with me. Like he's not on the team anymore. Why are we acting like he is? Oh, I agree. And but there was still more loves that loves me some paths. Oh, I love paths too. Dude, are you kidding me? Pavelski's on my fucking in my office. I have a photo of Pavelski on my wall. I love paths. Dude. NHL's but, better with a minute. Yeah, absolutely. But he's not on the team anymore. Okay then. And and like we're cut you know, every commercial they're coming out, Oh yeah, remember when Pavelski <laughs> remember when he scored his one hundred and sixty fourth deflection goal. Oh, that was awesome. It's like okay, <laughs> ah, come it was on. Fantastic, dude. Can't get enough of it. Like, come uh, on. All I, right, we gotta move on. I, yeah, please do, because I'm gonna start breaking shit. I know. Four two loss versus Colorado in the mile high city. Uh is look a four two loss, I think it makes it sound worse than it was. I thought Kakinen getting his first start, I thought he looked really good in the first period. Dude, Kakinen was the reason that the score was only four to two. <laughs> you right. Like, you know, still still found a way, if you can believe it, still found a way to throw up a nine thirteen. Yeah. Like and the thing is, everybody was talking about Kakinen after this one. Saying, you mm -hmm. know, it's like it's not on him. The guys in front of him, you know, need to be better. Um the you know the only thing that, that kind of gets you is you know Burkowski, uh he had a coffin nail after the Sharks don't box out makes it four two and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden you get a, a bunch of jackassery and dumb fuckery to end it which I thought was kind of stupid. Um, no, I don't agree there. I thought, I mean yes, the Sharks look like sore losers from that perspective. I understand what did, you're saying. Did it all start with the Cadre thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. But at the same time. I, I like and again maybe I am the caveman but like I I look at it as like you know yes the sharks are a shitty team this year and they're and they're going to lose again but you still don't want to let other teams think that you can be pushed around right sure and I liked from the sharks perspective they said you know we may suck but you're not going to push us around well, I mean, I thought it was a strong game from the Sharks. Uh, you know, they're playing the started out great. Yeah, dude. second night of a back to back and and in altitude, which the broadcast told you about twenty times to make sure you didn't forget. <laughs> As if the Sharks have never been to Denver before, ever. <laughs> I know, right? Ever, they've only been in the league for twenty seven years. They'll they'll learn eventually. <laughs> I'll tell you, Colorado though, 
Jesus Christ. I don't know if it was just me, man. They look really fucking fast. They totally took advantage of the neutral zone, sharks, turnovers. There's a few times where I swear to God, I'm like, are there eight of them out there? Is it eight (laughs) on five? Well, and dude, they don't even, like, you know, they don't even have, like, in this game, you know, I, I can't speak for any other Avalanche game this week, but in this game specifically, like, you know, they don't have gate, like, they haven't had game Blandiscog for a while. And they get Nate McKinnon back in this one. They did. Yeah. So they get like, but you know, they, they didn't have McKinnon. They haven't had Landis for a while. Landis I believe is done for the regular season and you got to add that quantifier to it. And, uh, you know, Sam Gerard, he's one of their best defensemen and he's not in the lineup either. So for all the talk about, Oh, for all the talk about, Oh, the sharks are injured. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Well, the avalanche are injured and they're buzzing. So, well, dude, they're just, that's a product of having a better team top to bottom, though, <clears throat> worth saying. Better team top to bottom, and it just goes to show you, like, sometimes, I look, like, I look at Colorado okay, getting better goaltending than Edmonton. Would you agree? Okay, <laughs> low, then. Right? Low bar, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> exactly. But that's the whole thing is, I, you know, there's a part of me that really is kind of rooting for Colorado and Edmonton to to meet up. Just rad. well, just because it would just be a fucking run and gun game. I mean, how many times has Edmonton this year had to win games six to five, five to four because their goalies suck so bad, well, but they have so much fucking firepower. Well, and think about the chess match too. You know, trying to you know it, as much of a duel on the ice it would be. It would be a coaching duel as well. Obviously you know, Jared Bednar is going to want McKinnon out there when McDavid is not out there. And Jay Woodcroft is going to want McDavid out there when McKinnon is not out there. So it would be a coaching chess match as well. God, be so that would be fun. an epic series. I'm rooting for that. And you bring um, up Bednar, you know, yeah. Chief has no NHL coaching experience before Colorado. Know, right? Makes you think, what happened to the old boys club? Well, I think, and, and I don't want to speak out of turn here. I'll have to do some research, but I believe you know the reason why so patrick waugh famously you know said f it and left and that's how jared bednar got his job Dude, that's how he left montreal that's how he left right. Colorado. but i i believe i believe you know the reason why it was jared bednar specifically i honestly think he was just the closest guy available jeez and now you know he he's he's regularly in the jack adams conversation so you know good for him i've been i've been saying for years the sharks need a head coach who's never coached in the NHL before. Like, if they're going to keep rolling all these young guys in, you might as well have a young guy running the bench. Yeah, to, just to divert for a second, you mentioned Jack Adams. I got a name for you. Okay. Todd McClellan. Like a fine wine, dude. Or an aged cheese, perhaps. You think he'd, he'd, he should be in the conversation right now? Yeah, dude. L.A. is getting murdered with injuries, and they're still sticking around. But dude, five, three, and two in their last ten. They've won. They're on a two-game winning streak. My Kings. Well, and you know what, dude? Not <laughs> only that, dude. Wheel over if you wheel over to Cap Friendly. Uh, they've got they've got two guys on long-term injured reserve. You know, uh, two. You know, one of them whom is you know an important defenseman for them, and they've got five guys on injured reserve. Drew Doughty, kind of an important guy. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah. Uh, you know, Matt Roy, who's an important defenseman for them. Dustin Brown, not what he was, but still an important player for them. Like, there, it's it, it's not like the show. Oh man, Jeff Vl is hurt. What are we gonna do? Like the <laughs> like the Kings are missing important guys to the equation, and they're they're making do. You know, I mean, they're they're only three points 
behind Calgary, but Calgary has three games in hand. I think Calgary's going to be okay. But yeah, holy seem- crap, dude. If Dude, I'll say it right now. If LA somehow, some way, pulls off and wins the division, I'm wearing my Kings jersey for the final Pucknologist this season. There you go. Just and so. you know what? I'm going to be... I'm going to be very interested to see, you know, we've kind of, we've kind of talked a little bit off air about doing a, uh, you know, a Teal Town USA awards ballot this year. So I'm curious to see how that shakes out. See if maybe, maybe if old toddy boy gets included, uh, included on yours. Um, you know, one point I did want to make going back to the avalanche game though. Mm -hmm. So kind of funny. So the sharks and the avalanche, they played on March 18th and, uh, uh, Darren Helm had the game-winning goal. Who? Ex- <laughs> You're making my point for me. Uh, so Darren actually that guy's still no. in the NHL. So that's the thing. He did not have the game-winning goal. My mistake. But Darren Helm scores, and I'm like, didn't he play for Detroit 25 years ago? A long time he played for Detroit. But so I Darren Helm scores on March 18th, and I'm like, oh man, Darren Helm is still in the league. Wow, he's got five goals this year. And then you fast forward to. Uh, you fast forward to the game against Colorado just this past week, March 31st, Darren Helm scores again. And even though it's only been two weeks, once again, I'm like, oh, Darren Helm's still in the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy will not go away. <laughs> oh. So, anyway, after this Colorado game, the thing that popped into my head, which I just thought was rather bizarre, mm-hmm. the Sharks six games versus Colorado and Calgary, the two best teams in the West – and they're 500 against those teams. The 200, right. the, the, the absolute fucking shit shows of the West, Arizona and Seattle, exact same record, three and three. It's well, dude, it's, it, you know, the Sharks famously punch down, you know. Oh, this team sucks. We don't have to give it our all. And then they get caught sleeping. Oh, this team is really good. We need to be dialed in. And then they have a good, you know, complete effort. You know, they the Sharks have famously played to their opponent, whether that's up or down. And I, I wish, you know, ugh, I hate to even bring it up, but, like, the last time the Sharks were in the playoffs, that was a year where the Sharks, they didn't play down or play up. They just played. Yep. And I wish they would get back to that. Uh, finally, oh, if you were playing the uh, Hedekin drinking game during the Colorado one, good luck. Hope you're still with us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. If you, if you were uh, looking at the counter, we had four. You're right, Randy. <laughs> or you're right, Randy. We had four of those. I agree. Five of those. We had a whopping ten mentions of opportunity. Had a couple Yoda speaks. One sorry honor, which is really the free space on any bingo card. <laughs> uh, two complaints about the officiating, but eight echoes. And for those of you who don't know, the echoes when Randy says something and Hetty says nearly the exact same thing right after. Hurdle coming down the boards with a lot of speed on that one. Yeah, Randy, he had a lot of speed. Hurdle did. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I think it's kind of funny. You talk about how, you know, Hedekin, like you said, Hedekin says the same exact thing that Randy does. You know, he's talking about Hurdle coming down with the speed, and you see what I did there. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, five-four loss to Dallas. This is another one where I just sit there and go. I mean, let's be honest. It comes down to that Robertson goal with two seconds left, man. I, mean, I go back even further, dude. Sakes. Dude, so Nick Benino scores a oh, minute and a half in. A minute and a half in, and then Vlad Nemestikov scores two minutes in. And I'm telling you right now, you no, it was go 20 back. Twenty seconds later, dude. That's what I'm saying. 
two two minutes into the first period, and the game is over. Because after Nemestikov scored, the Sharks were shook until really until the third period. I know Brent Burns scored in the second, but oh, see, I, I think really... they, were, they were shook once Robertson scored with the second left. Right, but I, I just you know I think uh, you know Dallas got to the Sharks early and they never really recovered. Yeah, and poor... can I just say as well? I want to get into it in in stock up, stock down, but sure. just as a little teaser, <laughs> I'm very uninterested in Nick Maloche. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> All right. I'm very uninterested in him, but go ahead. Okay. Well, look, we know what happened. It was just a – it was a party. It, it, like, we're all excited. Benino scores. Well, hey. And it, it was off a Gregor drive, and you're going, all right, could be a good night for the, for the, for the bottom six. And like you're saying, 20 seconds later, that kind of ended. Hockenpah, Klingberg, Robertson with us. You're like, oh, for fuck's sakes. Then Kakinen, Kakinen, whatever. Uh, Poor guy. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> gets yanked. Reimer goes in. Uh, it just, uh, Burns gets a teaser for a second. You're like, oh, yeah, big deal. And then, of course, Pavs gets the easy tap in. Uh, just a couple things to note for me. I, just, I don't understand – uh, how Hockenpah lifts Hurdle's stick into Glenn Denning's face, and somehow Hurdle gets a four-minute double, even though they it. fucking reviewed it. Okay, like if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna get it wrong, why review it? Okay, so just based on how it happened, I'm thinking, okay, the referee saw yes, the referee saw Hurdle's stick go up into uh, into his face, so. From that perspective, I'm, you know, if you stop it there, I'm like, well, the refs just called what they saw. It's kind of hard to bitch about that. True. But then, as you said, they reviewed it, and it's like, okay, you literally, you know, you missed it, and that's fine. It happens all the time. But you, you had a life preserver thrown to you, and you're like, mm, no, <laughs> no, thanks, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I don't need and, to get on the door with her. I'll just fall to the, you know. But depths. you know, I'll, I'll say this though, worth saying. Even if there's no penalty called there, I really don't think it matters. You mean in the the like in the overall like final score? Yeah. I okay. Yeah, matters. I agree. But my, again, I just go back to the thing of how why have review if you're gonna still fucking miss it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Jesus. I I you know something I thought about was this game last night this, it was. Yes, last <laughs> night it was. Uh, was if this you will. Ga- yeah? If you will, uh, that's a good point there, AJ. Um. <laughs> Was this game Noah Gregor's best as a shark? No. Really? You don't think Not so? Not for me. No, there was one like a week or so ago where dude, well, see, I, I kind of want to say yes only because I feel like there were other players last night versus Dallas that, you know, did good. Sure. Did okay. But I remember a game like a feel, feels like it was like maybe a week or two ago or two weeks ago. I remember like we had him in stock up that uh, dude was just buzzing. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think part of the reason why he was buzzing is because the other like he was the only one who fucking showed up in the game. Sure. You know, so I don't know. I thought he was buzzing last night like his, you know, the on both both of it. He had two assists last night, you know. Both of his assists were very crafty moves. Like the way, you know, on the Benino one, the way that he kind of like popped around the Dallas defender and got a shot off. And then, you know, Benino picks up the garbage. That was really nice. And then the way 
you know, the way that he, you know, got the puck to Chemilevsky uh, on Couture's goal, like both the whole night, I'm just like, this is like, this is the, like the, even though we haven't seen it a lot this year, for me, this is the Noah Gregor that we should come to expect. You know, it's yeah. it, for for me. It seems it seems like things are finally starting to go Noah Gregor's way. I mean, he's got yes, okay, only two points in his last uh, in his last five games. I understand that, but you know, he's creating he's creating offense. He's creating chances, and you know, we've said eventually the chances have to go in. But I say at the very least, you still keep him in there over any of the guys that have cycled through the fourth line because at least Gregor is bringing something positive to the table. Yeah. Uh, hold on. We gotta, whenever you drop in the donation on the Super Chat, you get on real quick here from Taco Cruiser. San Jose should hire Sam Hinkie as GM. Hashtag trust the process. Am I supposed to know who that is? I, I don't know. And, and when I say I don't know, I'm saying I, I agree with you. I don't know who that is either. You're going to have to get on the Google for that. Um the other thing about this, Dolan and Balser started the game with Couture, and bye bye. <laughs> they start the second on Reedy's line. Bugner called both of them very average, which is the... un- which is unfortunate because like they're better than that. Yeah, uh, Gregor and Chelevsky go up with Couture. Pashelka even mentioned at one point that there was a "Let's Go Cuda" chant after that occurred after Burns's goal. <laughs> Dude, I like it. Hey, answer me this. Why the fuck was Merkley scratched in this game? Uh, well, that's because uh, Bob Bugner hates Ryan Merkley. <laughs> because, you know, if Ryan Merkley was a, was a better player, he wouldn't have fallen down by accident. Like, <laughs> you know, he, okay. Remember so, that time last night that EK65 wiped out? That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> that, and that And that's not to say that, you know, that's not to say that everybody should be carved. That's to say, like, dude, like, Everybody freaking falls down. Yeah. Like, as they say, ice is slippery. Like, it literally is. Like, you know how much... And I, I knew it was coming, dude. I knew it was coming because, you know, it was the game against... I believe it was the game against Colorado. You know, Merkley throw... Or maybe it was Arizona. It was one of these shitty games. Merkley, he throws the puck, or he passes the puck, and it hits Reedy in the boot. Okay. So, already, you're, you know, the... You oh, know, he the, he's playing bench uphill. Merkley, right? Well, yeah, he's already playing uphill. And then the next one, you know, he he falls down as every player in the hist who's ever worn a pair of skates has fallen down. Like, <laughs> dude, I've fallen down like that. And I knew right away, oh, the jam job is coming. You know, if, if if you know, if a young player wants to stay in lineup, they have to be absolutely bulletproof. They're not allowed to make normal mistakes. Yeah. So I knew it was coming. And the fact the fact that the fact that Bob said I'm we're scratching Merkley and I've been really impressed with his play in the same sentence like I don't know like I it almost feels like he knows that people think he's stupid and he's just taunting them uh, <laughs> we, we have breaking news Leon Dreisaitl's member of the 100 point club nice hey speaking of breaking news did you see what I put in the YouTube chat oh yeah <laughs> yeah no I caught that um <laughs> so Look, uh, oh, if you were playing the drinking game, uh, it was a little bit easier for you. Only five, you're right, Randy. Uh, only six echoes, three I agrees, one opportunity, but seven complaints about the officiating. Yeah, there were seven complaints about the officiating there. Um, so. 
one for five in the week on the power play and a perf- perfecto on the penalty kill. So I, don't mm-hmm. know, I guess that would lead our stock up that, hey, the penalty kill continues to not suck. Yeah, which I guess. is huge. Uh, let's hit a couple in the chat before we finish off uh, stock up and stock down. Sonic Tonic. Wilson letting Pavs walk killed the soul of this team, and I would be thrilled to see him leave this org, though I'm not holding my breath. Oh, uh, here we go. It, I mean, if, if the Sharks, if the Sharks' survivability as a franchise is based on whether no Joe Pavelski is on the team or not, then the Sharks probably should have folded back in 1992 when they were absolute dog shit. Next question. Uh, well, it's what did it come down to? I don't care what it came okay, down I'm just to. Saying, but I, I know, but I want to just like make it clear. It's a, Wilson was offering two, Pavs wanted three. That was it. There you go. Yeah, that that's the thing. Like we, how much, dude? How many times have we said it this year? Use the information you had at the time. Yeah. The information we had at the time was this was a depreciating asset that played, that played above expectations and was digging their heels in on something that the Sharks were not willing to match. Like it. Like I know. Sharks fans are in love with Joe Pavelski, and that's awesome. But I feel like if it were any other player and it was the same situation, nobody cares. I feel you. I feel you. Uh, Denver Doyle saying, we can't rebuild because of ticket sales, a.k.a. we're not serious about winning and keep buying our bullshit for the next few years. Sharks are already rebuilding, though. Yeah. Like, by definition, they literally are. Yeah. So... Let's uh, let's finish. They just don't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> we suck, and we're losing ticket sales, and we're accumulating draft picks. That can't be a rebuild. Yeah, I think it's like the one. pandemic. Like, <laughs> <laughs> got that Rona. Uh, stock up. Look, hurdle three assists this week. He got Burns, one of his better weeks defensively. That's not a not a high bar that you have to get over. <laughs> Strike the Dallas game from that record, but go ahead. Yeah, uh, three goals and three straight plus three. Uh, See, I, look at the numbers. I'm into it. Oh, but you. there's, but not running over Pavelski. I don't like it. <laughs> letting letting the puck blow right by him uh, in against Dallas. I don't like it. Good. Not realizing, not realizing that you know Timo Meyer was covering his point, and so he just chose to skate off of a puck that he could have easily gotten to. I don't like that. Dan the man coming in hot. The donation. Thank you so much. Just wanted to say I enjoy the content. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Dan. Thank you, sir. Dan the man up in here. Shout out. Uh, Merkley. Aside from needing to get his skate sharpened. Which who doesn't? Hey, no, but how many times did he eat it this week? (laughs) But I still, dude, he gets better game over game for me. Uh, How he got scratched for Ferraro instead of Magna the other night, I don't get well, and that's that's kind of what I was. That kind of I'm not even leads. a fan of bringing back Ferraro that fast, to be honest. I mean, I think Dude, Chief I, did not look that very good against the Stars. I thought he was okay. I don't think he was any worse than anybody else. But I don't Low know. Bar. I just think. <laughs> but that kind of goes into what I said earlier of like you know I'm so unimpressed with Megna. Like, you know he, and. It's worth saying, I think, you know, I do want to throw up in my stock up list. I think Vlasic's stock has been up the last week or two. I thought he's, he's, his skating has looked good. He's playing, he's being physical, which I have famously said is a requirement if you're going to be a defenseman. And I thought Vlasic has looked good. He, I don't think he's $7 million good, but he was, he was going to have a hard time matching that from the moment it was signed. But 
the fact that you know Vlasic has played well finally, and he has to <laughs> he has and he has to deal with Malosh or Malosh or whatever the hell his name is. Like, <laughs> you know, you just, Lacey's tweeting at you right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like, oh, I and multiple times, you know. Uh, say the Sharks have pressure in the offensive zone and the puck is going back to Malosh. Oh, well, this is going to be off a defender's boot and out the zone, and sure enough, there it is. Oh, uh, Malosh gets to keep the puck in, it's going to go past him. Oh, you know, a guy is skating down Malosh's side, well, he's going to get past. Like, I, I've... There have been... There's been a handful of stuff I've liked from Malosh this year, but the net of it all is that I don't think he's been very good. I think... Merkley is obviously going to be the hope is that Merkley is a lifer. Oh yeah. Malosh is a transition guy. You play the lifer if you ask me. True. So true. Or the potential lifer, whatever. Hey, can we just acknowledge that we've been on for nearly 40 minutes and the stream hasn't interrupted or anything? <laughs> I probably shouldn't make that gag just because, you know, weird things could happen in the interim. Uh Grayson coming in hot on the super chat. We aren't making the playoffs. I don't understand why they would want to bring Ferraro back so soon. Let him heal more. Dude, Grayson, you're speaking my language. But here's the thing. He is healed. Like, what if he's 100% healed, like, how much, like, can he I heal? Uh, can he be 150% healed? I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> like, at some point, you have to, like, if he, he went down five weeks ago. Yeah, and but if the, he, I think the point being is that they were saying that this was going to be like a six- to eight-week thing, and like five weeks later he's back. Now it's like, okay, are you a miracle of modern medicine? Perhaps. No, but... I, I, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, you don't want him to get rusty because like the shark season is done in three and a half weeks. Well, and Ferraro, probably the last guy that I'm worried about getting rusty. Yeah, dude, he's he's 23. Exactly. But... And the fact that during the media call when asked about some of the other players that played while he was at, whether it was your Shemilevskis, your Reedies, your, you know, whoever, the fact that he referred to him, so, yeah, I think the young guys have stepped up big. I'm like The guys were the same age as him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's like, dude, I. it's funny that you say that because I actually remember uh, last year, you know, um, when all of the when all of the Barabanov hype was was going on, um, I actually remember tweeting out. I was like, "Oh man, like you know, this kid's got it," you know. And then I I look and I'm like, "Oh, this kid is eight months older than me." <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, let's finish up with stock up. Oh man, we got two uh, two over the top. Well, I kind of teed you up for it. Uh, well, uh, no, I feel you. Uh, but Barabanov, eight points That's in the insane. last eleven. Oh, I'm sorry. I was about to say my man, but nope. That's it's jerks, man. Well, and here's the thing, dude. How how long have I been saying if the Sharks don't sign him before the deadline, they're throwing away all of the bargaining power? Not only that, dude. You you talked about Hetty leading Ooh. the the uh, parade at the front with the what was it? The baton. Yeah, the <laughs> baton, the whistle. He's got the big hat and everything like that. Dude, he's he only has that baton whistle and hat because he borrowed it from you when you were leading the Barabanov parade. <laughs> That's a fair point. I mean, I, I don't think he like people are gonna say, "Oh, well, you know, he, his numbers are inflated because he's with Hurdle and Meyer." Okay, keep him there. Yeah, so whatever. But I think as soon as because as soon as the trade deadline passed and Barabanov went unsigned. 
the Sharks lost all of the negotiating power, all of the bargaining power. The Sharks, you know, the Sharks said at before the deadline, they could have said, hey, you really want to be here. Um, we don't want to trade you away, so you should sign with us. The deadline passes. The Sharks don't trade him. Now the script is flipped. Barabanov says, hey, I want to be here, but, you know, you kind of left me in no man's land, so I'm going to play my ass off and force you to make a decision. <laughs> and force you to overpay me, just like you've overpaid so many others. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think you need to be cautious with Barabanov, but I think we're at the point where you can give him a three-year deal and feel okay about it. Agreed. Uh, stock down. Uh, dude, EK65, dude, yeah. you know you're having a you're having a bad week when Bugner and Hedekin are calling you out for your turnovers. Yeah, I mean, e well, no, forget Hedekin. Nobody cares. But, like, <laughs> you know you're having a bad week when I call you out. <laughs> hey, and when I say – and I'm referring to Eric Carlson because I always try to give him the benefit of the doubt. But, yeah, it was not uh, – it was not good. Uh, you know, dash, dash three this week um, – Saved by the fact that he had two assists against Dallas, um, but you you look you know two uh, two giveaways excuse me two giveaways against Arizona two giveaways against Dallas he did have a couple take he had three takeaways in the game against Colorado so yeah depending on how you want to slice that whatever um, but can I hit a quick comment I guess yeah sure uh, Grayson saying uh, anytime you break something or have surgery it still feels off when you are supposed to be healed. Oh, absolutely. Dude, so, I broke my big toe 10 years ago, and that shit feels, still feels off, but you got to move on. Yeah. No, I feel you. Um, and I understand a big toe is different from your femur. I understand that. I don't, <laughs> okay, want, well, I don't I, want anybody to get the wrong I idea. I thought you were conflating the two. We were almost <laughs> confused. Uh, Balsers and Dolan. I mean, dude, you got sent down. Bugner calls you very average. Like, this is – is this not the time to kind of – I don't know, make make some some hay, if you will, with 15 ret to go. Especially For, Dolan. Yeah, like force this franchise to make a decision. I mean, Balser's, Balser still has next year under contract, so he's he's chilling. And that's not to say that he's dogging it, but like he he's he's good. Like he will be on the team next year, and it's and it's fine. Dolan, I don't know, bro. <laughs> but Dolan, you know, Dolan's a restricted free agent, and. You know, he's had, excuse me, he's for a rookie who had to go who? back to Sweden, for a rookie who had to go back to Sweden to find his game. He's come back and he's had a good season. I mean, can they ship him the rest of the game via FedEx? <laughs> what what I'm trying to say is that, like you said, these last 15 games, I would be like, he's at 12 goals right now. Dude, I would. I would be firing everything at the net to try and get to 20. Dude. I know like eight, eight, let's see, what is eight goals in 15 eight games? goals in, in 14 games. That feels, that feels very rich. Like that's some Austin <laughs> Matthews shit right there, but that doesn't mean you can't try. And then it makes me laugh. People are going, you think Meyer's going to hit 40? <laughs> Fuck out of here. I mean, no. He's at 31, right? Yeah. You want to go five bucks on this one? I say no. 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 Okay then. Can I say though? Can I some, say that's some Pollyanna Hedicky brownie shit right there? Can I say that three years ago I did say he was going to hit forty one day and he got close this year? All right. Can I say that? Sure. I think he. I did. mean, he's he. You know, he he's already exceeded his career guy career high in goals. So anything more he scores from this point to the end of the season, it's all found money. 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's all found money at this point from the end of the Shut season. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that brings me to stock down. Hedekin, well, buy a fucking thesaurus, bro. There is more than one way to say opportunity. <laughs> Chance. <laughs> Fortuitous moment. bounce, for Christ's sake. A moment? <laughs> yeah, moment. He had some real estate on that play? Yeah, had a look. Had a look. There you go. I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, uh, I got one. Sure. And even then... Can you say stock down? I mean, I guess stock down. If you want to go, no, I don't mean can you say it. I mean like, <laughs> like can we refer to it as stock down if you go from like really bad to really really bad? Oh sure. I don't. I mean, yeah, I guess technically. I mean, can you but, be more specific? Uh, so Bob Bugner. Oh, this week, hello. Yeah, uh, we're, we're gonna sure. be getting to that. Three games this week. Rudolph's Balsers played eight seconds on the power play. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Benino who famously has zero power play goals this year. There we go. There. We we traded we 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 changed your shirt. You're fine now. Hell yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> uh and actually I want to fact check myself here really quick. Uh I apologize. Two power play goals for Nick Benino, my mistake, but point being, two goals on the power play. Okay. I just, Good for him. I don't understand why he didn't get a look. Remember that that streak a few weeks ago where Balsers... Remember when you literally asked Bob and he <laughs> told you he was going to try it and then didn't? Well, dude, that streak where Balsers was like heating up and it's like, how do you not reward him by giving him some power play time? That's what I'm saying. Fucking A. Um, f my, finally, for me, my stock down, this is going to stay here until the end of the season or until the deal is announced, you know, whichever happens quicker. Uh... The Sharks stock down for not signing Barabanov already. Yep. Like I said, they as soon as the deadline passed and he was yeah. unsigned and not traded, bye bye. All the all the bargaining power was gone. Any more stock down for you, good sir? Um, you know, I, I kind of got into it right at the end of stock up, but Nick Malosh, I mean, I just I'm not, not feeling him. Right. I'm not feeling him at all. Like I think like like honestly, and I and I love Santeri Hatika, so I don't want this to come off as like a dig, but like you could put Hatika there. Hatika, who's played eight NHL games, you could put him there. So you're going to get the same thing. <laughs> I mean, we're going to get into it in a minute. It's just that I, I caught it out of the corner of my eye here. I just think it's rather the horse funny. Eye? Yeah, the horse eye, if you will. I just find it rather comical that a couple days ago, Arizona lost their shit because the Ducks fucking ran them. Ran up the fucking score on them. And now you look, the Ducks are down 6 1. And oh, they just no. lost. Yeah. So, but they lost 6 1. I, I didn't see anybody losing their shit on Anaheim. But right. anyway, we'll get we'll get to that in a minute. Uh let's get some takeaways here. Uh Kanijov signs a Woo. very uh team friendly extension. Yeah, I mean, what do you you know? He's been injured the whole year, you yeah. know. So but, it's like, okay, we're gonna give you one more crack at this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, this this year is a lost year. Let's kind of take this extension and let's kind of pretend like this year never happened. Yeah. Well, one year extension, seven fifty in salary, a hundred k signing bonus. Uh, right. While it, also it, how much, rewarding him. Well, how much did the Sharks pay for his medical? Or are they just taking that out of the salary? <laughs> well, that and that's but that's the thing, you know, like. I, I like this deal because it, it dude it's under like it's it's cheap like yeah. you know th this is not going to break the sharks but and nobody I think, was nobody had a bad word to say about Kanijov last year no great I mean he he fit in seamlessly he played very well with Eric Carlson and like I said this is a lost year but 
you give him the deal says, okay, come back, pretend like last year never happened and do it again. But also giving him, giving him a raise. They're saying, look, like I know this year has literally not existed for you, but two years ago you played some good hockey for us and we want to reward you for that. And you know, they (laughs) give him anti Vegas move. Right. And they, you know, they give him, you know, he's going to be making 850,000 this year, you know, after it's all said and done, that'll be his, you know, between salary and bonus. That's his, his gross income. After paying agents, management, California taxes, he should be seen about mm, two sixty. <laughs> right, but the other thing, and and we've talked about this before, there's a good chance that Kanijov starts next year in the AHL just because he hasn't played in almost a year. Sure, no problem with that. But he's he's still going to be. It's a one way contract, so even if he's on the Barracuda, he's still making that eight hundred fifty k. Oh, gotta love it. Yeah. So and and I really like, you know. People can bitch about Doug Wilson all they want, but oh, I, they, I think they do. Right, but the Sharks do a really good job at taking care of their minor league players. You know, a lot of like AHL players, like you know, who AHL players who are signed to NHL contracts, like they only have to be given seventy thousand. Like that's the AHL minimum is seventy thousand. But you look, like you look, a lot of guys, um, you know, they make well over that and you know i look at that as like you know doug wilson saying hey like yeah you're in the ahl for us and blah 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 but you know we're still gonna hook you up and we're gonna take care of you and i like that all right uh sounds like lebank is gonna get shut down for the season despite a week ago hearing that he could be back for the dallas game um I, also a week ago me asking jerk about shutting lebank down for the season <laughs> i wish that i really wish he would get a game in because like if he doesn't play, he's gonna go ten months without skating in a competitive game, and like I would just be worried. Like going into next season, assuming he's on the Sharks, if he's not, who cares? But going into next season, about any rust that might be on him, I if, if he can play, I would like to see him play out this season just to get the rust out early. I feel that I mean, maybe we see him get in on the final game. Who knows? Uh, it yeah. certainly won't mean a lot <laughs> versus Seattle. Right. Uh, there was a lot of talk last night during the Dallas game about Pavelski because they they can't stop themselves and it all had to do with uh, you know if there's a Mount Rushmore uh, of course you include Pavelski and it got me thinking okay it's Jumbo it's Thornton it's Pavelski who is the fourth person you put on there I think a lot could be said now the funny thing is Randy got back to us and said Ricci and Urbe should be in that conversation. And I'm thinking to myself, uh, I'm like, hold on. How? Oh, like, man. like, how long did Urbe play for the Sharks? Like three seasons? Nabby was here for a decade? And well, and Mike Ricci, God love him as a player. And, and he was, you know, a uh, the heartbeat of the Sharks for quite a while there, for about four or five seasons. I'll give you that. But... I'm sorry. I I think Couture has meant more to this team than Ricci. That I would agree with. But the thing that I would say, and we talked about this, I don't remember if it was on the podcast or if it was on Discord, but last week we literally talked about how certain Sharks alumni, and I understand you, you know, you cherish the time an alumni was on the team. I understand that. But certain Sharks alumni were somewhere between above average and average players for the franchise, but they're remembered as like some elite one of a kind player. 
Well, somebody said Burns. I see that was my fourth choice, and I know you're gonna give me the horse eye. Like, what? What are you on? And can I have some? But... No, I, I, no, I can, I can. When I, when Randy Hahn says reach your Irby, and I'm going, really? But <laughs> I, if I hear Burns, I'm going, okay, no, you know, for first Norris Trophy winner ever for the Sharks, highest scoring, highest scoring defenseman in Sharks history. Yeah, I mean, like I think. I, I'm definitely willing to entertain that discussion. He would, as much as I crap all over him, he would be my fourth just based on his clout. See, and I, I would, I would maybe consider, I, like, I'd have to really weigh it all out. I kind of sit there and ping pong between Couture and mm -hmm. Burns. Mm -hmm. Like, I, uh, Nabby? No, dude, I, Nabokov I, was an average goalie. That's what I'm saying. It's I love Nabby. But I but do I put him on Mount Rushmore for the Sharks? No. And the, there were people making uh, trying to make an argument for Chichu. I'm like, he had one good no. season. Oh, dude, please tell me that you're trying to be funny. No, I shit you not, dude. <laughs> Somebody responded to the Teal Town account with a Chichu jersey, and I'm like, oh Shut my god, up. you win one award one on the back of Joe Thornton. Fuck out of here. Come Shut on. Shut up. Now. You're not serious. <laughs> I mean, I can I can almost hear the. the the argument for Owen Nolan because he really was the first real captain the Sharks had. But yeah, I but just sit there and I go, no, Couture has meant more to this team when it mattered most. Pavelski as well. Yeah, well, and he's already on there though. He's already on there, but point still stands. Is like, yeah, you know, like if you like if you're. I think you it know. comes for us. It, I mean, it, for those of us watch, or for those of us, for those of you watching, <laughs> give me another beer, would you? Uh, for those of you watching. Who who is your fourth? If if we all just agree that Jumbo, Marlowe, and Pavs make up the first three of the four of the Sharks Mount Rushmore, who is your fourth? Uh, we're just gonna say it right now. Jerk is saying, going with Burns. I'm going with Couture. I think you Let's... also. I think you also. You might need to. You know, depending on how thing, you might need to handicap this question a little bit because I think like what we say right now is going to be different a year from now. Well, dude, you make this or you make this note nearly every time we ever talk about anything, which is information you had at the time. Exactly. And that's the information that For all we, we know, Burns drive goes off a cliff. Well, dude, what if, if you know, <laughs> has he not team... already? I mean, he's clearly aimed <laughs> towards it. But here's the thing, if team if Timo Meyer score, let's just say Who? if team if Timo Meyer scores 100 points next year, oh. he'll only be the he'll only be the second Sharks player to ever score 100 points in a season. Yeah, but you know, as of now, I don't think of Timo Meyer. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I don't. You know, when I think of difference maker, when it matters most, Timo Meyer, not the first name that comes to mind. Not yet. Fair point. But right. I I I agree with you. I think it's you know the the you know the three uh, you know the, the three former players that people still think are on the team. I agree with you on there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you in. know, I like the Marty T brings up Dan Boyle. I would if Brent Burns had not done what he'd done, then Dan Boyle. I think Ooh. if you Dan Boyle five years ago, I'll give you that. Five years ago, it's Dan Boyle. I agree now, with that. Again, Brent, so again, if we did this five years ago, it would have been Dan Boyle. Maybe we should do that. Let's go. Since we started the podcast, <laughs> let's do a Mount Rushmore based on the information we had every year. Yeah, we'll there you go. See how much it changes. But no, 
like I think it was Dan Boyle up until up until that? Brent Burns <laughs> up until Brent Burns won the Norris Trophy. It was Dan Boyle, and then as soon as Brent Burns won the Norris Trophy, he climbed up there with his chisel and his hammer, and he fucking <laughs> carved me. him out of there. Yeah, uh, excuse me while I nudge some shit over here. Yeah. All right. But I I agree with you. I think you for that fourth spot you between Burns and Couture you flip a coin and you call it a day. Like if it's I say Burns, but if it ends up being Couture, like. I'm fine with that, and I'm sure it goes the same for you the other way. Yeah, I'd, I'd be fine, I think, but I just, you know what just kind of sit, sticks uh, out for me the most? Like, Burns has had his moments, no doubt. I mean, that's not even up for debate. I just look at that photo hanging on my wall of Couture in Jesus pose after he had, you know, tied the game, game seven, Right. And like single-handedly, it felt like, well, not single-handedly, obviously, but really drove the comeback. Well, even and, even, and he's ahead. done that more than once in playoff games where he has been the bus driver. Well, and you th- and and even you think about outside of that game, right? Think about that second-round series against Colorado. He carried the mail for a lot of those seven games. Think about no. think about the second round series against Nashville the year they went to the Cup final. He carried the mail a lot in that round. Him and Pavs in that one, yeah. Right, and that's what I'm saying is, you know, you and that's the that's the nice thing about a Mount Rushmore is, you know, you're not restricted to the regular season. You can look at playoffs as well. And I think, <laughs> okay, that's not where I thought you're going with it. I thought you're going to be a smart ass and go. That's a great thing about Mount Rushmore. It's not carved in stone. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, but I I think I you know what? Burns has the Norris trophy. He's the highest leading scorer among defensemen. But I think you mentioned what Couture has done in the playoffs. A lot of a lot of moments single handedly being the reason the Sharks have stuck around in the playoffs, specifically twenty sixteen, specifically twenty nineteen. I almost wonder if that gives him the bump or at the very least puts them at the same level to where you flip a coin and be happy with what comes up. Well, and it, I mean, and Marty T pointing out the nickname Clutcher, you know, and there was, there was, I remember there was a meme going around where it would be, you know, uh, the gas pedal had like a picture of Marlowe on it, the break had a picture of Vlasic, and the clutch was Couture's face, mm-hmm. you know, so. All right, I think that wraps it up for kind of the week in uh, the, the Sharks. We may touch on a little bit more, but uh, let's have some fun. Let's take it around the NHL because uh, there's a lot to get into. First up, I'll just ask you this question. Should Johnny Hockey be a heart contender? Sure. I think – I mean, I've said this for years. I think I think the heart trophy should be like the Masterton where every team submits a nominee because – Dig it. Because, for example, years, Johnny Goudreau – like. There, there's a legitimate argument that could be made where the Flames are not in a playoff spot without Johnny Gaudreau. Downside to that is there's probably four or five, maybe six guys where you make that same argument and it, and it's worth more. Does he maybe get extra votes, extra heart votes for being able to do what he's done under the tutelage of Daryl Sutter? I don't know that I don't know that anybody casting a vote would think that deeply on it, but I'm I'm sure it's crossed. But I'm but at the same time, I'm sure it's crossed somebody's mind. Oh, I mean, it no. crossed our mind. It's like, oh, wait a minute, he's being coached by Sutter and, and he's doing and, this. Yeah, dude, we're some slapdick podcast. Like, if we thought of that, somebody who's actually is worth something has to have thought of it. I don't know. There's been a few things we've thought about before other people have. We have the receipts, my friend. The other thing, though, is 
there's I believe so last year in the shortened season they only had a hundred voters. I believe the normal Punk pool the normal pool of voters, it might be hundred and fifty thereabouts. But you know, whatever it is, a hundred, one twenty, one fifty, whatever, they pick their top five. So I think Johnny Gaudreau will get some heart trophy votes. I don't think that's up for debate. It's just a matter of where does he end up. I think like I said, you know, the argument it, there, it, there's a valid argument to be made. You know, he is, you know, he's leading them in scoring. You know, you can make a legitimate argument that without him, the Flames would be dust. But as I said, there are other teams where you make that same argument and it's worth more. I think you know, I think without Markstrom, the Flames would be dust. <laughs> without Markstrom, correct. But even then, you look at New York, no Shesterkin. You look at Toronto, mm. no, you look at Toronto, no Austin Matthews. Oh, dude. You look Toronto at, with no Barabanov. No, no James Reimer. You look at Edmonton, no McDavid or no Dreisaitl. You look at... Dude, what if Edmonton just gets fucking shellacked in the first round because no goaltending? Like, I, they're losing what? games five to four. Like, they're, they're putting up the points. They just don't have any goaltending. How stupid do they look for not going after Reimer? I am a big fan. Same question goes for Maple Leafs, by the way. Right. Well, Maple Leafs are fine because Jack Campbell is back and, you know, but I think specifically for Edmonton, I'm a big fan of like essentially learning on the job. Like you want to know how bad your goalie is, put him in net and find out, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) you know, there, can you do this job? Well, let's see. That's the thing. Like, especially in the case of Edmonton, they're not going to learn until it blows up in their face. All right. Uh, we we talked about a player playing for a coach. A lot of people, uh, many people are saying, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you <laughs> if you're aware of that phrase. Uh, fire Bob Bugner. Now, mm-hmm. Bugner has a year left on his contract. Correct. Next year. Yeah. So, wh- where do saying. you stand on that? A lot of people, you know, many people are saying, fire him. Look, I give him his cookies for, I mean, think about it. Two seasons ago, he's given the reins two months in. Then the following season, he's got to hold his entire training camp. They got to play like, what, 14 of 17 or 18 games, whatever it was, and everything. They had to spend like three months in Arizona. Nobody wants to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you had to do all that. This season, he finally was able to hold the camp that he wanted to hold with his coaching staff in place. And mm-hmm. even then, w- let's let's not forget, wasn't Rocky Thompson supposed to be on this staff and then last minute McLean comes in because Thompson didn't want to get the jab or something? That's that's the uh that's what people think. Nothing's been That's what know, many people are saying? Yeah, the the official word was a you know, medical condition. Um stupidity is a medical condition? Yeah, I don't know. fear of science? Um <laughs> but Point being is, look, Bugner, this is the first been... season that he got to be able to do his shit. You also took away the 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 team leading scorer and point getter, right? I mean, he took himself out of it, but you get my point. And like, and for a while, there's there have been stretches where the Sharks were playing well. Now, can you question his deployment on certain things, scratching Merkley and playing Magna? Uh, can you maybe fault him for not sitting Vlasic a couple times? 
That's that's the thing is I think the first two years that he was coach, he had some legitimate reasons as to why shit did not go well for him. This year, this year, there's no excuses. Now I don't think you can fault, but you know I made this comment last night is that can you fault a race car driver? You know, and say, hey, go out there and win the Daytona 500 in this 72 Ford Pinto we're giving you. <laughs> well, I that's a fair point. But at the same time, the Sharks have young players who, given where the team is at, the Sharks have young players who should be playing and Bob's not playing them. That's the problem. And I think if the goal is, say, hey, we're just going to accumulate draft picks for a couple of years and run out your contract, then whatever, you keep them. But well, the then Sharks, you're, you're adhering to your plan. That's what I'm saying. And and that's why I say, no, you don't fire him because whether you get rid of him or whether you keep him, the outcome is still going to be the same. So who cares? But as I said, the Sharks have young players that they should be getting time to. Like Dolan has gotten the jam job. Merkley has gotten the jam job, as has Gregor, as has uh, Balsers, as has Barabanov. Can I introduce these, you to a player named Joachim Blickfeld? Joachim Blick. Well, I don't know that that's. Bookner's fault. That's more Doug Wilson's fault for not calling him up. But yeah. Bob could just as easily say, don't call him up. I don't want that guy. Yeah. Or he um, could just as easily say, hey, give me Blickfeld. I like what I've seen or I'm hearing good things that many people are right. saying. But there's, you know, Dolan, Balsers, Barabanov, Gregor, Merkley, uh, Hatika, um, yeah, you know, that's a good one. even even at the and just not with young players, but even at the beginning of the year doing the 1A, 1B option, even though Reimer was the hot goalie and Hill was struggling. Like, just little intricacies in, in setting a lineup that have been questionable and concern me. Like, when so I think, it, like, if Eklund is anywhere but the Sharks next year, it's a problem. And how soon into the season before it's, you know, before Eklund is on the fourth line with, you know, Jeff VL and... <laughs> You know who? Who? Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you, it's just that's a problem. Like the Sharks are committed to acquiring young talent and building up their young talent. You can't, you can't get better unless you play. Like, do you think? Like, and you obviously would know this. You know, you've been an adult Sharks fan for a long time. But like, we we talked about it before. Patrick, right? But my point being, Patrick Marlowe early in his career. He was, you know, the first three or four years of his career, he wasn't what everybody knows him to be now. Mm -hmm. Do you think he got to that point by being scratched? Yeah, of no, course he not. wrote it out. Yeah. And you need to write it out. I just, I wonder how much players will respond. You know, if some player gets his breezers in a bunch, are they going to be responsive to a lame duck coach? You know what I mean? Like, if they're all aware of, like, well, fuck, this guy's going to be here next year. Fuck it. You know, whatever, dude. You know what I mean? And then the other part of me is just going, you know who they're going to fucking replace Bugner with? It's going to be McLean. <laughs> you know, it's going to be like, uh, same boss as your, what, what's the, uh, oh, God, what's that phrase? I forget. It's something about, uh, you know, new boss, same as the old boss or something. If anybody knows the phrase that I'm searching for, put it in the chat. But. You know, it's, it's, uh, digital underground, baby, all around mm -hmm. the world. Same song. <laughs> hey, uh, we're talking about uh, coaches and shit. Hey, is Mike Yo a piece of shit for scratching Keith Yandel last night? Nope. 
Okay. Show your work. Yandel, um, Yandel had played 989 consecutive games, most in NHL history, 11 away from 1,000 straight. We all know Philly isn't coming close to my chagrin because Martin Jones and the bet, but how do you if – you, if, you're, if you're going nowhere, is this, an, again, another case of give the youth looks and fuck Keith Yandel and everything he's done for our franchise? I mean, that's the, well, everything he's done for the franchise, he's been there for less than a season. Yeah, I know, but, but it's the, you know what I mean? It's like, cause what I, he, made, he, he made his cookies with uh, the Coyotes, right? Uh, I mean, that's or where he started of... his, that's where, he, I mean, Coyotes, Rangers, Panthers, like he was kind of all over the place, but either way, um, you would think just, I don't know, professional courtesy. You don't take something like that away. No, from I, I, I disagree. Like, are you going to, like, if you. Dude, the like, Sharks played Marlowe all last year for professional it's, courtesy. It's, it's, it, but it's the same thing. Like, if you, like, oh, man, you know, this guy, like, think about it in, in terms of a normal job. Like, oh, man, this guy is the worst employee that we've ever had. We regularly lose money when he comes into the office and he hurts us. But he's really funny. So we have to keep him like, no, the OK, the Iron Man streak. It's really impressive. But should you be playing a guy just because he has a record or you should be should you be playing him because he's good enough to be playing? And I saw a tweet that said part of the Iron Man streak is earning playing time in the NHL every night, which to me, me being this person, which to me, Yandel and Marlowe before him lost way before their streaks ended. Being the Iron Man is meaningless if it's just a charity case. And that is a charity case. I've had conversations with multiple Flyers fans who have all said that Yandel is the worst defenseman to ever wear a Flyers jersey. All right. if, you're, if you're trying to play young guys... All right. What's what's the incentive? You no, you you've made me a believer. Like I was I, you know, I was thinking they go, eh, you know, kind of a, you know, kind of a dick move for a team that hasn't even like thought of the playoffs for the last 2 months. Just kind of like, hey, it you know, it's almost like the Sharks last year. Hey, at least there's Marlowe's games played record. Like here's your silver right. lining. So it's kind of like, well, here's something that Yandel can do. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And you took that away. Like it's it's like the season sucked. Kata hat, not the world beater that he was espoused to be early on. Then you you lose you lost uh, Giroux. I mean, just the the whole season for Philly just went circled the drain by what Christmas, dude. Two ten game losing streaks this year. Oh, fuck. Two. Yeah. So all right. Well, you made me a believer. So Mike Yo. Not a piece of shit. That's what I'm saying. Is like if like if he legitimately earned it, then yeah, absolutely. But like if you're if you're keeping a guy in the lineup, like just because of some arbitrary stat, then what are you doing? I mean, I understand. I understand the people who say, well, Philly's not in a playoff spot, so it ultimately doesn't matter. And I understand that. And on some level, I agree with it. But at the same time, it's the same thing with the Sharks. This is the time play your young guys and see what you have. You want to talk about piece of shits? I guess. <laughs> Jay Beagle. Piece of shit or not a piece of shit? Totally a piece of shit. There we go. Anybody have any idea what the fuck we're talking about? <laughs> let's throw it out there. Hey, let's let's hear what uh, Hockey Night in Canada had to say about it before we get into this fun little discussion, all right? 
Last night, another Michigan goal, another amazing goal by Trevor, who stunned us all at the All-Star game. That's not the only thing that happened last night. Later, he's poking away. Well, we'll give you one more look here as he uh, goes around his own man. Great job by Milano. No yes, kidding, honey, right? To get closer, right. But there's where Zegras jams later at the game, in the game and gets cross-checked from behind by Jay Beagle. Troy Terry comes to the rescue. And this uh, led to a, a terrible eye injury for Troy Terry. He's going to be okay, but he was really bloodied and cut up badly in a very one-sided fight. And that led some to speculate that the payback was forthcoming because of the skilling it up, because of the humiliation of talent. Here's what Trevor said about that. I'm embarrassed for whoever that was. I'm not going to say his name. Um, and I think the, the league should step in here and, and do something about it. Was the puck loose when you, you kind of jabbed at it? 100% you... loose. And I get you're going to hit me in the back, but you don't punch a guy when he's down, especially a 32-goal scorer in the NHL who's a superstar. Um, I think it's embarrassing. I think it's a bad look for the league. And for the player that did it, it's, it's humiliating. Apologies for the feedback there that was uh, whistling through. But, uh, Kevin, why don't we start with you? You know that. Well, first of all, I don't think the league should step in. There's nothing that the league can do, really. But that doesn't mean that it's not wrong. And, and things are a little bit different here. The, the initial cross-check, in my opinion, yep. was warranted. It's a 5 nothing game. Whether Zegers thought he saw the puck or not, he dug at it. He gets buried from behind from Beagle. As far as I'm concerned, that's even. But then when Troy Terry comes in and Beagle grabs him and starts kind of ragdolling him, I think that brings back the old debate of when you're a bigger, stronger guy, you're like like Chara, right? You have a responsibility to not take advantage of a guy who's a lot smaller than you. And, you know, the fact that he's got 30 goals is, is also a little bit relevant. But Troy Terry's not a fighter. We know that, right? So when this happens, first of all, the linesman should get in there right away and break that up. They shouldn't let this happen. But you know you have him here, and I don't know... I just could never pound a guy that I knew was inferior to me in, in, in fighting like this. So, not not very happy about it. I'll let you guys get in. I, I think it's... But your first kind of... Why, why can't the league step in? If they see something that they think is completely inappropriate, then why don't they take action and to prevent that? I mean, in some capacity, there has to be some respect for player safety. And the, the league is constantly... Okay, so that, that goes on for a while. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get into the whole thing. But... Let's start with the well. Look, Zegras pulls in Michigan. Uh, where do you where do we even start with this? It's because uh, what the or the Ducks won five nothing, right? Correct. Both teams are out of the playoff. It's not like this was like oh my god, whoever gets the two points could you know leapfrog somebody and get back into the playoff picture. No, both these teams are, f like, f and for the Yotes, of course, like, worst team in their division. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Why does Beagle have his, you know, panties in a bunch over this? Well, because I, I imagine he looks at it as, like, you know, oh, yeah, like, these guys are already beating us, and then they still have to ham it up. And I, I... I agree in the sense that, like, okay, you're up 5-0. Like, let's settle down a little bit, you know? And I think, I again, the cross-check, it's a two-minute cross-checking penalty, but I think that's a message you have to send. Like, hey, if you're going to act a fool, we're going to collect on it. I understand that. But as you pointed out, you know, for him to absolutely jump Troy Terry like that, I think that's a slimy move. And I, and I think, I don't know that it's worth a suspension or a fine, but it should not happen. You know, you, you made your point with the cross-check, and you need to move on, you know? I, it I, I'm, seemed like Zegers had no issues with the cross-check. 
no, because he he and he even said in in his media availability, he said, you know, I expect to get buried on that play, and I think that's fine. You know, you're gonna to not expect a reaction is is a fool's game, but to absolutely lose your mind and jump someone like that, like well after the point's already been made, I think it's honestly, I think it's a beer league move, and it's not surprising considering the player and the team. See, and that that's the thing that gets me is like again like. Jay, you want to fucking take umbrage with somebody? Then t- now it makes sure. Now, does this shit show happen if Delorier is still a duck? Probably not. Next shift, Delorier is probably out on the ice and gives him it. That's what I'm saying. Like again, Beagle gives him the cross check, and that's fine. But the way Beagle jumps Terry like that, you know, if if Beagle is still in the game at that point, like if it were me, I'm skating over to Beagle and I'm saying, hey. You're, you're, yeah, you're done for that. I, I mean, at the, when this like, shit happened, how much time was? No, what I'm saying, like, if I'm on, like, if I'm on the ducks, that's what I'm saying, and I see what Beagle did, I'm skating about it, and I say, like, and I'm telling him, settle down out here, or there's gonna be a problem. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, it's just the cross check was fine, but everything after that was way too much, way out of line. Yeah, and then let's get to Tyson Tyson Nash's comments, talking about, well, you gotta expect that when you skill it up, and it's like. Yeah, yeah, that's how dare a player show what do we call skill? Let let's get a bunch of fucking knuckle draggers out here in WWE the whole thing up. Are you kidding me? And then I love that Tyson Nash comes out and says, "Well, I shouldn't have said skill it up, hot dogging it up." But of course, he can't say hot dog because he's near the bench. Phil Kessel loses mind looking for a pack of hot dogs. Are you kidding me? Skill it up. Yeah, and I think that's and again, like what, you know, what Tyson Nash is, which is really unfortunate because I actually I like before all this I like Tyson Tyson Nash I like what he has to say and I like the way he says it. But then you hear this and it's like, yeah, you what? totally have it wrong. You were you're in the wrong century with what you're trying to say. But let's and... let's listen to it. Try to poke it in behind Kozinosh. And now Fowler, and now everything's going to happen here, and J.B. goes down to hold of somebody. Oh, you knew that was going to start something, and I love it. Yeah, Beagle. Beagle's pounding somebody. Troy Terry. Yeah, Beagle and caught him up high. Oh, man. And Beagle's going to fight someone else here. And Terry's hurt. Jay Beagle caught Troy Terry with a couple. Well, and that's the problem sometimes with these young players. You, you want to embarrass guys, and you want to skill it up, you better be prepared to get I, Are you kidding me? Oh, you want to embarrass us? You want to skill it up? Did anybody go to kick Hurdle's ass when he went between his legs for the fourth goal against Baron? No, but you know what? I guarantee you somebody on the rain, because after that fourth goal, Hurdle didn't see much ice after that game. After that moment, and probably what happened is somebody on the Rangers probably skated by and said, "Hey, tell your boy to settle down." And then that was the end of it. And it's it's just like when guys in baseball, like they they just absolutely rope one, you know, drive one four hundred some odd feet, and the, you know, like they felt it as soon as it hit the bat, they felt it like, "Oh, I got all of that one." Like that felt really good, and they do the big bat flip. And then what happens? The next time Chief comes up, they throw behind him 
or they'll bean them. And it's, I don't know. My, my whole thing is like, if you don't want Zegris to score on you lacrosse style, figure out a way to defend it. Exactly. And that's, you know, I agree too with what Kevin BX has said. Like the fact that the, you know, Troy Terry didn't even have his gloves off and he's getting relentlessly punched like that. Like the linesman, like honestly, the officiating board should say, hey, buddy, why didn't you jump in when you were supposed to? Yeah. But I know, and I think Tyson Nash totally has it wrong. Like, and you know, he went on the radio and he clarified today that he didn't mean skill, he meant hot dogging. And it's like, when you explain it that way, Yes, on some level, I agree with that. If you're going to act a fool, you need to be prepared I, for what comes. But but, hold on, this, but what did he do that was hot dogging? The the Michigan goal. I understand. But, like I said, but like I, I said, but I'm telling you, if I'm at a game and the and, you know Zegers, I mean, let's be honest. Has Anaheim had a lot to cheer for over the last couple seasons? Like no. this is like the one guy. This is like here's our one thing. We were in the playoffs two months ago or whatever. We've slowly fallen out. But this is like the one thing that we have. And like the this guy who's electric. Are they do we want to show these cool lacrosse goals on ESPN Sports Center? Or do we want to show some knuckle dragger losing his mind because they couldn't defend it? Well, and you know what? Like <sighs> You know, like the point you're trying to make is that stuff like like Zegris, you know, it helps make it helps grow the NHL and make it exciting. And you know what? Somebody like Jay Beagle, who's not even going to be in the NHL next year, why would he care? Oh, dude. But him no, and, I, and him I, and Helm are going to start something. <laughs> but no, like I said, you know, being pissed off about the Michigan in a five zero game, I understand being pissed off, and I understand the initial cross check. I understand all of that. But then when you jump a guy who number one is not even a fighter, number two doesn't even have his gloves off. That's where the problem comes yeah. up. And Tyson Nash, like Tyson Nash, excusing it. Oh, that's old time hockey. Like dude, oh, old time hockey died so long ago. Yeah. I hate that phrase. And you can even hear the, the, pl the, the play by play guy is, Oh, you know, here's something exciting happening. You know, like he's even into it. Yeah. Let's move on. I don't yeah. want to talk about this anymore. All right, let's get to. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It just feels so art. It just feels so archaic. You know. So, you're right, and but uh, again, I just sit there and go, you know what? What's what's going to appeal to new fans? Exactly. You know, seeing something exciting like a Michigan goal, or seeing somebody like a, you know knuckle dragger number fifteen hundred and bajillion go after somebody who's not a fighter. Exactly. So. Uh, the NHL general managers have officially been told by the league the salary cup is salary cup. How about the cap going up one million eighty two point five? I mean, doesn't make a whole lot of. I mean, it it makes a little bit of a difference, but <laughs> for the those thing of that... you with dead cap on your roster, <laughs> right? I mean, it may it makes a little bit of a difference, right? I mean, it helps cap teams squeeze more in. But the thing that hey, is a takeaway for me get you part of that that Kanijov deal and a couple bags of pucks. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like the thing that's a takeaway for me is like this information. This information came out like a year ago, and then it was and then it was confirmed five months ago. So the fact that it was reconfirmed earlier this week and that had people surprised, I was a bit <laughs> well, confused. Remember NHL copycat league, right? All right. So also during the GM meetings, uh, cap circumvention came up. If you're a fan of Tampa or Vegas, you understand what that means. 
Uh, reportedly, none of the GMs voiced opposition to what Tampa did, what Vegas is doing, because let's be honest, they're going to try to do the same thing at some point until uh, this loophole is closed. Well, uh, not not only that, but something like that cannot be addressed until they negotiate the new CBA. There you go. So um, that's at least that's at least three or four years down the road. I think 2026, I think, is when it expires. Well, and it gives more teams time to implement something to take advantage of this. Exactly. Uh, and then it will be a bigger deal when they do their negotiations. Uh, you know, I think you can make it somewhat simple that says, you know, look, uh, a player has to play 20 regular season games, you know, quarter of the season to be eligible for the playoffs. Nah, I don't think it matters. Uh, we'll, we'll see what this happens. This is – this is – if it, if it was a situation where this has been where this had been being taken advantage of for years upon years upon years, I would understand it. But Vegas and Tampa this year, Tampa last year, Chicago seven years ago, and that's really it. Um, Forsberg, Colorado. The salary cap was not a thing back then. Yeah, I know, but it was still it's just the same thing, which is just kind of funny. Um, because I remember playing a fantasy league in 2001 and like Forsberg was injured the entire season. So when we're doing our, we're, we're all sitting in a bar in Mountain View, uh, in the, like in the back of the bar on a picnic table, all of us got a pint, frosty pint. Everybody's got every team roster printed out. We're all going through, we're all making our draft picks and everybody gets 20 picks and it gets down to me, and I'm getting to the nitty gritty. And I've, you know, I've only been in, ho- in into hockey at that point for for a few years, and not, you know, really only paying attention to the Sharks, not any other team. And it gets to like pick number eighteen, and I'm sitting there just going through, trying to find somebody that I like, a, a name that I recognize. And finally, it just pops in my head, and I'm like, oh yeah, Forsberg, they, he might play in the second round. And so I tell everybody, I said, look, you guys are probably going to think I'm nuts, and I am. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but look, for shits and giggles, I'm going to take a stab at it. Give me uh, Peter Forsberg. And everybody went, oh, fuck, I forgot. (laughs) And literally the next day it came out, Peter Forsberg, ready to play first game of round one. And Chief had like two goals and an assist, and I was just like, oh, damn, I could win this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Stellar, dude. So... If you can make some rule changes, uh, no icing on the power play. What do you think? I disagree. Okay. I mean, I think I don't. I should say no free icing, right? It's just you know it. I under I understand that the last few years the NHL has been trying to create rules and and stack the deck in a way. Well, everybody wants it to play like a video game, right? To to well, to keep the attention of the millennials. You know, the NHL has, you know, they've made new rules and, and different things as a way to, to stack the deck in favor of generating offense for years now. Something like no like no free icing on the penalty kill, I feel like, stacks the deck too far. Like, at, at what point are you saying nobody cares about defense, nobody cares about goaltending? And I think that is something that does that. All right, so I say, then, puck stays in play off the netting. Same it, ditto. There you go. Uh, no more trapezoid. If the goalie plays the puck, he's fair game. 
yeah, I think that's fine. And and you know what? You take away the trapezoid, most goalies are not going to go outside of it anyway because it just doesn't make sense to it except for a small handful of situations. Hey, there's only a small handful of goalies that know how to play that thing. Right. Uh, Marty Turco, not one of these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, here's one for me that I'm going to make. An embellishment call negates any other call that, at, the, at the same time. It, it cannot be tripping and diving. Yep, I agree with that. Give me a break. Uh, a lot of there was some talk about one free puck over glass per game. No, that feels uh, too that feels too baseball-y for me. I think you should just make puck over glass the same as an icing call. There you go. That that was the other thing. Treat puck over glass like icing. I'm fine with that. Um, but what happens though if a particular team who's like really good at faceoffs? It's like, fuck it, yeah, we'll just keep it hitting over the glass. The worst thing is that, you know, we face off in our zone, big deal. Yeah, but you see, but because that logic already applies to icing, yeah. you very you very rarely will see a team ice it three, four, five times in a row. All right, limit reviews to 60 seconds, whether it's nope. offsides, goal interference, or like if it takes you that fucking long to to make the call, then maybe it doesn't, you know. I think it's I think it has to be a case by case situation because there are like there are some where yes it's close but you still need the time to get it right. There are other like there are there are some where it yes it's close but you can still come to a conclusion. And there are others which ones you're talking about where it's close and no matter how many times you look at it there's no way to find out. So how about how about 3 minutes? I mean, if you do want to assign a time limit to it, I think more than 60 seconds for sure needs to be the thing because it's going to take 60 seconds to fire up that uh, fire up the iPad. Well, I think no, I'm talking, you know, I'm saying that like that, that, that clock, if you will, starts the minute the, the official holds the iPad. I I'm of the belief that you get it right. No matter what. I I can agree with that. Uh, Any goal ends a power play. Be it a power play goal or a shorthanded goal. I don't have an. I would need to see that in action to have a better opinion. Okay, uh, this is one that you had mentioned, which I really like. If a power play runs between periods, the faceoff starts in the offensive zone to start the following period. I've been on that drum forever, <laughs> dude. Forever, because, like I said. The NHL is all about building scoring, and and I think that's something where, yes, some people are going to turn back and say, well, hey, what about your thing where you're stacking the deck too much against the defense and goaltending? But a face-off in the grand scheme of things is such a small thing, you know what I mean? Oh, hey, tell that to Robertson last night. Plus, plus also from the from just the perspective of, like, you know, a power play, like, like if your power play goes over – to the next period, like it's no longer an advantage. Like you've, it's not a situation where you have an advantage and you're stacking the advantage. You've lost your advantage. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the other thing that I, and I can't take credit for this one, but it is something I chewed on. What if say, say you have with one minute left, say there's a two minute penalty, right? <clears throat> and so as a way to not have the advantage of a power play be eliminated, you play the full two minutes of the power play, so essentially the second period would be a 21-minute period, and then when you come back for the third period, because you've played an extra minute, the third period would be a minute shorter. 
similar to soccer a little bit. Okay. Oh I, boy, the pu- dude, the, the purists are rolling over in their I, grave. I was gonna say that one. I chewed on that one for a little bit, and that's similar to the one you said about shorthanded goals ending a power play. I would need to see it to to really think about it. Yeah, that's one of those ones where it's like, let's try it in preseason and see what happens. Yeah, or even like, you know, I know, or in the, the Barracuda. Yeah, well, and I know, AHL, I know, yeah. well, I know, you know, Jeff Merrick and. Elliot Friedman, their big thing lately has been, you know, if the NHL wants to implement any major rule changes, they should make the All-Star game double as like an R&D testing. Oh, I like that. Scrimmage, you know, the because the All-Star game, dude, they can change, you know, they can change the rule, um, you know, change the All-Star game all they want. The All-Star game is still boring. I would know. I was there. <laughs> yeah. But like if you, you know, say, hey we're thinking about these five new rules and they're going to be in place during the All-Star game. Like, you're going to want to watch and see how they play out. Uh, Marty asking, it's still five on four, though. Why do you lose your advantage between periods? Because the face-off is at center ice. So if you lose the face-off and then to the defending team and then they fire it all the way down, that's at least 10 to 12 seconds that you've just lost on your power play. Yeah, both teams because... have already had 17 seconds of blow. Yeah, you exactly. Know. I you got to have some way to maintain that advantage for the despite the extra man. So yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, finally, we you know we've always heard that uh, please refrain from throwing items onto the ice. Anything thrown can result in a penalty against the home team. Uh, yeah, let's take that a step further. If the fans in the building start doing the wave, two minute penalty for the home team. That's just for me though. Maybe maybe we do that only on college nights. Sound good? I like that idea. Jeez. I'm just saying. Uh, look, pros and cons of streaming sports. I, I bring this up because Apple TV announced that they have an exclusive rights deal for Friday Night Baseball. Because I don't know about you and me. Uh, look, I should say I don't know about you. Uh, me, I, when it comes to Friday night, I mean, you know, it's like, well, let's see. Go, uh, go have some fun with my friends at a bar, or we could go to San Pedro Social, maybe uh, bowling, maybe a little night softball. Hey, axe throwing. Oh, no, 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 wait. Wait a fucking minute. The Florida Marlins are playing Friday night. Ba- are you fucking kidding me? These exclusive rights deal. Amazon Prime is going to exclusively show Thursday night NFL. Now, I can kind of understand the Amazon Prime thing because Thursday night NFL, it's it's just one game and one of 17 in a schedule. And do you understand how much fucking money is bet on football games versus baseball? So that I can understand. The whole that this baseball thing I don't get. We've already seen NHL with ESPN Plus this season. Is streaming good or bad for sports jerk? Cuz It's streaming is good because it because yes, I know the the 90-year-old people that you are evidently friends with are not going to be able to <laughs> they are not going to be able to watch the game on their on their bunny ear setup, but <laughs> the, having the game extra aluminum foil yeah, having the stream, having the the games be on streaming service, it makes it makes the games more available to people to people, and it makes it more, it, it 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 expands its reach. You know, if you're if you're somebody who rides the bus, you can pull up the game on your phone. If you 
or somebody, you know, maybe you're in your office late, you know, you can throw it up on your iPad or on your computer. You know, you can you can watch the game from anywhere and on more mediums. But you have to pay. Right. And well, that's kind of the caveat to it. But even then, I'm still of the belief that, you know, people need to get with the times or they need just just need to not watch sports anymore. Okay, but it, it's that whole idea, though. Think about all the think about all the people who were peeing their pants when games transition to TV, and it's like, well, what about my radio? And it's like, well, too bad, dude, get a TV. Well, I think that's a little different, but it's it's the same thing, though. It's transitioning uh, to a new medium. Yeah, I th- no, but it's it's you're still getting the sport on a screen. It's look, I I already pay for this package that includes baseball you know the baseball that i'm interested in watching whether it's the giants or the a's anything is a is a local dude to the bay area i'm already going to get those games but now if for whatever say that i'm some diehard giants fan all of a sudden there's going to be a couple games out of the year and typically friday night games for whatever reason, typically happen to be bigger matchups. Those are usually when you see like Giants, Dodgers, uh, you, you know, like marquee matchups, whether it's pitching matchups. All of a sudden, wait, I got to watch all these games, but now you're going to make me pay for this particular one? It was It's one of the things that people have been bitching about with ESPN+. Plus. Like, why are these eight fucking Sharks games on here? I used to watch 82 for free, and now I can only watch, you know, 76 for free, 74 for free. Or whatever, because now I got to pay for these other ones. Like, I do agree. I I do agree that the you know the blackouts. I do agree that's ridiculous. But at the same time, you know, times change. This you know, even if you know, even if twenty five percent of your consumer base are kind of feeling pinched by this, the other seventy five percent percent prefer it this way, and you're opening up your product to more people. So. I, you know, I know it's easy for me to say, well, you know what, times are changing, so get used to it. But that's that's literally what it is. You know, you you don't have a choice. You have to get used to it, or you just won't watch anymore. And that's the way it is. You know, the but that's the the whole thing. The NHL, the NHL is not going to watch anymore. The NHL is not going to change their streaming or you know change their 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 uh, game coverage because you know because ninety thousand out of three hundred thirty two million Americans don't have fucking Hulu like. All right. You, you know. All right. And maybe that makes me sound like an asshole, but that's just the way it is, you know? Oh, it's more than that that makes you sound like an asshole. Don't shortchange <laughs> yourself. Uh, look, we talked about giving away this Sharky birthday jersey. Still in the packaging, ret to go to one lucky fan. And if you remember our show last week, it was go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes, if you still call it that. Go there and leave us a review. You know, give us five stars, but leave us an entertaining review. Something that we can kind of sink our teeth into, maybe have a little fun with. Something fun. Not one of you motherfuckers left a review. Yeah. <laughs> you lazy sons of bitches. I know. There's, there's. well, the last time I looked, we had like 52 people watching live. Not all 52 of you are, have left a review. So come on, man. Leave us a leave us five stars and give us a solid review on Apple Podcasts. And next week, if we get lucky, one of you will win this Sharky jersey. Maybe nobody wanted it. Maybe you need to change the prize. Oh, well, 
All right. I will look I, into honestly, that. Honestly, I was honestly I was half waiting for somebody to post the review, win the the jersey, and then turn around and sell it. <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with that. If you entertain us, I'm sending you the jersey, and once you once it's in your grubby little mitt, you can do whatever you want with the damn thing. Well, there you go. It's your property at that point. All so right, let's move it. I'm trying. Uh, <laughs> coming up this week, we got uh, is is it 17 left? Uh, no, there are 14 left. 15. Jesus Christ. 14. All right. So with 14 games left as of now, when we talk to you again next week, oh crap. Is it a takeover? (laughs) Yeah, I think it is. Shit. (laughs) Look that up for me. Uh, we're going to be catching you up on three Sharks games against Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver. That's right. Nope. Not a takeover. Okay. must be the one after that. The two after. Well, one for you. <laughs> well, you know, we'll player going to play. Uh, Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver. A little trip to uh, Western Canada. Where the hell's my schedule? Is it a trip or is it not a trip? No, nope, we're hosting. two in San Jose and then one in Vancouver. Oh, nice. And then you'll remember they were supposed to play this Sunday, but that got moved up to February 20th. So nice. Only three mm-hmm. games. Oh, we mentioned it a little bit earlier. Dark Horses Bud. Uh Canucks are bad. That's the short version. Dude, your Canucks, man, I'm telling you, they have had every opportunity in the world to push Vegas further down. And they're like, nope, don't want it. Appreciate the offer, but not going to do it. Yeah, it's been, I I mean. Three, four, and three over the last ten. Yeah, as as somebody who predicted them to be good this year, it's frustrating. I can only imagine (sighs) being an actual fan of that team. Well, you know what? Uh, it comes down to the fa- Van- Vancouver has one game in hand on Vegas, but they're Jesus fucking Christ! They're back eight points. Like a, a week ago, it was like two. But that's the difference when Vegas goes seven and three and Vancouver goes three, four and three. Remember mm-hmm. though, Vancouver does have three games between now and the end of the season against Vegas. If they can get their shit together, who knows? Right now, it's real tight. Edmonton seven two and one. Vegas 7-3-0. and mm-hmm. Edmonton, winners of four straight. Vegas, winners of five straight. Three points separating those two teams. Like I said, Vegas was 71 games played. Edmonton has a game in hand. Unfortunately, they don't play each other because holy shit, what a fun night that would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, let's get to the silver lining part of it. My Kings. Oh, what's up, bitches? <laughs> Second in the division, 86 points. Four up on Edmonton, seven points from Calgary. Lots of injuries, as we mentioned earlier. Edmonton's still working it. So we'll see what happens. Uh, But look, I feel pretty safe in uh, saying that the Kings will make the playoffs. Yeah, I I think it would take a monumental collapse for them to not make the playoffs at this point. I mean, they're... They're firmly second in the division. I mean, yes, Edmonton is right behind them, but as we know, Edmonton is probably going to fall fall by the wayside a little bit. You know, even if LA totally tumbles out of it, they'll land in a wild card spot. So I, you know, if you're a Kings fan or if you're or if you're you who picked them to be good this year, I don't think you have much to worry about. Oh, baby! All right, so I'm feeling good about that. Finally, I got something right. Uh, we're not even going to mention the Ian thing. It's all fucking passe. Uh, so finally to, uh, finish us off this week, we thank you very much for, uh, staying with us the, the whole night, finishing off your weekend with us. We showed a little clip last week of 
Curtis Brown and Brody Brazil. Uh, oh, by the way, happy birthday, Brody. It's his 41st today. Good for you. Uh, but we did show a little clip of them denying reality last week. Well, last night, for whatever reason, it turned into Randy Hahn's turn to deny reality. Here you go. <laughs> Just like the Daily Show, your moment of zen. So, down by three goals after 20 minutes. But you know what? Florida was down 6-2 earlier today, going into the third period in New Jersey, and they won 7-6. It can happen. We'll see if it does. It can happen. Okay, uh, last time I looked, Florida, like one of the best teams in the league. San Jose, yeah. not so much. <laughs> As if those two teams are on any similar level. Dude, like, I just, I think it's so funny that Randy said that. He's like, well, if you look at what happened with Florida, uh, you know what else happened with Florida? Uh, they're the only team right now to have an X next to their name. Well, you know what, dude? If if the Sharks just got a five-minute power play to go into the second period, they would have scored three goals in four minutes and eight seconds. Oh, it know? can happen? Yeah. Did it? No. <laughs> That's the thing. It, we, as we've talked about the last couple of weeks, anything is possible. Oh, but, dude! But not every, but not everything is likely. Yeah. Oh, dude! It it could have happened that uh, you know I had a shot with Pamela Anderson before Tommy Lee met her. It could have happened. Not likely, though. Yeah, not likely. Just oy, oy, oy with this, with this, you know. And, and and what does one team doing something have to do with any other? That was the thing that used to drive me batshit insane over the last couple of years when any team would start to falter a scouch. It was like, well, remember Jordan Bennington in the blue? And, oh, my God. Shut up with that already. Well, and, and that's the thing. Hockey, I would say of the of the major sports, hockey is easily the one that is decided the most by random situations. You know what I mean? Like. You can, you know, a basketball into the hoop, a, fo a football from the quarterback to the receiver, a baseball bat to ball. You think about hockey, you got to get around people. People are trying to slash you, knock you over. You got to put the puck past a goalie and into the net. The puck bounces, guys fall down on the ice. Like hockey has the most random variables. And so to say, oh, well, this one in a million thing happened. Therefore, it can be a one in a million for the Sharks too, which technically true, <laughs> but extremely unlikely. I'm just saying it. Like, dude, if I stand, <laughs> if if I stand, if I go to the tank and I stand at the Zamboni door and I flip the puck, you know, right under the jumbotron. And it bounces off the crossbar straight up into the air and then falls down and rolls into the net. Because I did that, you could technically do that. But what's the likelihood of you doing that? That's all I'm saying. I mean, we've even heard it. It's like I could try I could do that a hundred times in a row and never do that again. Yep. So yeah. Likelihood. Hey now. So you can follow him at hockey underscore jerk. You can follow me at AJ underscore strong. And remember to leave your take in the comment section of this YouTube video below if you weren't able to join us live in the YouTube chat. Uh, you can also do the same on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Again, five stars on Apple Podcasts and an entertaining review is all we ask. We'll hit you up for show, what is it? 159, I think. It's going to be 159. Holy crap. Who knew? Who knew? Who? 
Dude, we did, obviously. It's been six years. <laughs> Me likey. Me likey. Uh, so with that uh, famous last word, so yes, you were right. So episode 150. So yeah, next week, 159. How, how many till we get to 200 we can stop doing this? <laughs> <laughs> We're never stopping, dude. Oh, no. Can't stop, won't stop. Famous last words, homie. Get them out. Spit it out. Spit it out. Uh, famous last words. I think I said this last week, too. We're to the point where no matter what the sharks do, the outcome is going to be the same. So just try and enjoy what the new players who get into the lineup have to offer. Sure. Why not? I mean, that's really it. Yeah. Uh, if you want to, um, I don't know, have a good time. I don't know. Gra- grab your tickets for the, uh, the 20 Saturday, the 23rd fan appreciation night. There you go. We'll see how much they actually appreciate the fans. I thought I thought I heard of some weird shenaniganery that occurred during the game, during the Dallas Sharks game last night that, uh, evidently at some point during the game, they've, uh, I've been hearing that they've like added a bunch of like GoPro surveillance cameras to the parking lots and mm-hmm. they're like recording footage, particularly of people sliding up to pay their money to, to park or to, to take their phone. Cause one of the things that they do of course is, uh, promote the idea of prepaying for your parking. And evidently last night on the jumbotron, they were showing, uh, people on their phones, like almost shaming them as a, you know, about being on your phone while driving. And it's like, bitch, I'm going two miles an hour <laughs> and I'm looking, I'm getting the app so I can like, I'm actually being proactive and bringing up my little code that you can scan it instead of me getting up there and then pulling out my phone, looking for like, I'm being prepared and you're shaming me on the screen for that. Yeah. That's a bit obnoxious. Yeah. Way obnoxious. I don't get that. So, uh, sharks, we love you. Don't do that. Stop doing that. That's annoying. Uh, remember to subscribe to us on the YubiTube. If you could, please, we would appreciate it. Open up 200 other accounts and do the same. We'd love that. <laughs> but yeah follow us on social media if you listen to the podcast on anything like spotify soundcloud whatever help us out subscribe on whatever podcast platform is your preferred method we would certainly appreciate that and you can find links to our social media podcast apps and more in the description below you can find everything on tealtownusa.com remember to check out our after dark post game show follows every single sharks game that ever fucking happens (laughs) and then even after some things that don't happen okay look hey we went nearly two hours not a single glitch perhaps i don't know if your name is eric you don't be a host is that the problem if if my name was eric would we have like timed out in the first 20 minutes remains to be seen i'm just i'm just needling everybody just poking the bear Thanks for watching and listening to show 157. Good night, everyone. We will see you all next week. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Good night. Enjoy. No free ads.